Today, answers matter more than ever before. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage customer questions with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to work for any industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant. What's good? Um, just want to share some light, keep everybody positive and move right. At the same time as we're in these houses with our family, I continue to stay active and stay in shape for when the season does come back. Nichols in Los Angeles. I'm socially distanced from 2016 NBA champ Richard Jefferson, and we are both very much physically distanced from our insider Brian Windhorst, who is in Nebraska. We missed you guys watching all of you at home, so a big thanks to our technical and production teams that got us back on your televisions. And coming up, we'll have a special supersized distant replay, looking back at Kobe Bryant dropping 60 in his final game four years ago on this date. But first, I want to check in on the NBA's latest planning. Brian, the league, of course, still has no idea when it could get the all-clear to start a path back to basketball. But are they any closer on figuring out what they'll do once that all-clear comes? Yeah, they're not going to really make any decisions on anything, Rachel, until after May 1st. But Adam Silver has told everybody in the league, look, if you've got ideas, no matter how big or how small, bring them to us right now. And as I've talked to people across the league, the interesting thing teams are working on right now is what will happen if they when they can come back to it. And then the plan that some people are working on is a 25-day plan, which would be 11 days of individual workouts, so there'd still be some social distancing. And then if they get clearance from all the health officials, two weeks of five-on-five training camp. And whether those days are exact or not, what's important to realize coming out of this is that when we get the all clear, it's going to be a while before we can play games. They've got to ramp everything back up. No, and, and that's really the problem to me is when you look at if you were to have a two-week layoff, uh, a three-week layoff, but we don't know when the layoff is going to is going to be done. And, Brian, you said it. That's basically three and a half weeks before you would even possibly play a game. I don't want to be Debbie Downer here. That's not it. But just we need to start preparing mentally and emotionally for some of us that the season is probably not going to return. I'm not getting this based off of any inside information. I'm just really just viewing it based off of how it's going to be able to get done. It just looks like that's the reason why Adam Silver is like, if anybody's got any ideas, please shoot them because we're searching. I need to get that Debbie Downer music for you, Richard. Thank Come you. on now. <laughs> I, I, I wish I, I, I'm wishing for the best, but just you know, you can tell that it's it would be very, very difficult to continue the season. And they're looking at all avenues, and we're talking about the smartest, most intelligent people with all of the resources, and they still don't have an answer. 
Well, look, Mark Cuban has gone on TV a few times during the shutdown and said most recently, we could play NBA games in August. He said there's no rules anymore. I know the Masters is planning on trying to play in November, so we will just, of course, keep tracking all of this. I want to move on to the Utah Jazz because Rudy Gobert, of course, the first NBA player to test positive for COVID-19. And teammate Donovan Mitchell, who tested positive shortly afterwards, said it took him, quote, a while to cool off at Gobert, especially after seeing some video of Gobert being particularly careless about spreading the virus. Well, that was last month. Last night, Gobert went on Instagram Live with Taylor Rooks and acknowledged his relationship with Mitchell still, quote, far from perfect. But Gobert added that after not speaking at all for a while, they have in fact talked in recent days and have the same goals as teammates, Richard. Do you think this relationship can be repaired? Uh, do I think it can be repaired? I, I, I do. Ultimately, if this was the thing that kind of fractured the relationship, maybe the relationship was maybe a little fractured before this, and maybe this is is the the, the straw that broke the camel's back. Ultimately, I, I feel that no one knows who gave it to Rudy. We don't know if Donovan gave it to Rudy or vice versa. Obviously, Rudy handled this situation a little immaturely, but I don't think anyone understood the severity of the situation. And one thing that Donovan Mitchell want, needs to understand, and I love Donovan Mitchell. I love Rudy Gobert. I play with them. Rudy Gobert's don't grow on trees. So, you know, before you start making that, this can't be repaired and you're forcing the Utah Jazz to pick between you and him. Defensive player of the year, guys like that, if you truly want to win, then you have to put aside some of those things and just focus on, hey, this man helps us win games. In the 70-plus year history of the NBA, everything we've seen, we've never seen two all-star teammates potentially give a pandemic virus to each other. We just haven't seen (laughs) it. So we really just don't know what's going to happen here. But I would say knowing these two guys and the spirit of unity that will happen when the NBA comes back, I'm going to bet on them getting back together. Yeah, And it could be months down the road, too. So time heals, I guess, right? Mm -hmm. So. We'll see. All right, coming up, Jason Tatum joins the jump. He reveals that, yep, he's another all-star with no basketball hoop at home. Stick around to hear that, as well as a little what were you thinking. First, though, it is time for our supersized edition of Distant Replay. You remember what happened on this date in 2016, the late great Kobe Bryant, his final game. Roll it. For the final time, number 24 on the floor, Kobe hands of Kobe. Let's see if he gets 50 here. Bryant going to the basket. Kobe yes. Bryant! There it is! A 50-point game in his farewell! And there it is, the first player to end his career with a 50-point game. Final minute 30. Bryant from 14. Has 53! Unbelievable stuff tonight. Kobe's got the Lakers' last tip. Bryant for three. Got oh! Him oh! Oh! <laughs> it's being done in an insignificant game, but when you are being feted by the entire city, the entire league, and you go out with this at 37, remarkable. Right. The Lakers down one. Will Kobe give them one last gamer? Bryant on the move with the jumper. He oh, got it! Five. 58 points! And the Lakers lead! 
he has been great. And on his final night, it's one last glimpse of greatness. Two free throws for 60. He has six 60-point games in his career. Bryant will leave here. Here, I'll take him out. Kobe and Shaq together one more time in a moment of Laker glory. In his final night, he set the season high most points scored by a player in the NBA this year. Go figure. Go figure, all right? Go figure. Come here. Beast mode. We will now address the fans here at Staples Center one last time. Man. <laughs> Guys, you know, it's, uh, I can't believe how fast 20 years went by. I mean, this is crazy. This is absolutely crazy. Thank you guys for all the years of support. Thank you guys for all the motivation. Thank you for all the inspiration. And, uh, you know, what's funny, <laughs> the thing that had me cracking up all night long was the fact that I go through 20 years of everybody screaming to pass the ball. And on the last night, they're like, don't pass it. <laughs> what can I say? Mamba out. It could be a routine drive to pick up the kids after school or an epic road trip across the country. No matter where your travels take you, we know those miles count. We're Marathon. We have over 5,700 stations across our great nation. Our people are working hard every day to provide you with quality top-tier gasoline to improve engine performance. And... Fuel your life. Marathon. Fueling the American spirit. GEICO has the insurance industry-leading app that lets you manage your policy anytime, anywhere. Which means that GEICO is always there for you. If only everyone was always there for you. Like animal control, when you're cornered in your garage by an angry possum. Hi, me again. Uh, you guys said you would be here about an hour ago, and um, I think the possum is starting to get angry. I, uh, listen, I thought if I fed it, it would go away, but now it is ripping holes in the drywall and making some sort of nest. Just call me back. <laughs> GEICO, always there for you with savings and the industry-leading mobile app. Wednesday night on ESPN, we continue our weekly look back at some of the most significant games in NBA Finals history, starting with Game 5 in 2009 between Kobe's Lakers and Dwight Howard's Magic at 7 Eastern. Then it's Game 7 in 2010 between the Lakers and the Celtics. The point that I'm trying to make to you is this. Jason Tatum is ascending. Jason Tatum is putting on a show. I'm getting to the point where I don't ever expect him to miss. Oh, and he throws it down. Ties his career high with 41. This is a brilliant performance from Jason Tatum. Welcome back to The Jump. I am thrilled. We have Boston Celtics star Jason Tatum popping in with us. Jason, welcome. Hey, thank you for having me. 
Boy, you could not have been hotter when the shutdown hit. You were player of the month in February. I'm not sure there's anyone who wants to restart the season more than you. Any worries that you can pick up back where you left off? Uh, not worried. It's a difficult time right now because um, it's not like it's the off season and guys are able to work out and get in the gym. Uh, I haven't I haven't been able to touch a basketball since um, our last game at Indiana. Uh, I got stuff to work out at home and cardio and, and, and weights and stuff. But um, yeah, I, I haven't played basketball in a, in a long time. That's amazing. The Celtics can't just send you a basketball hoop to nail up to the side of a building somewhere or something to your house. I thought about it, but the weather appears is too great. Uh, it, five out of six days it's raining and it's still pretty cold up here. So uh, it's not the best conditions to be outside playing. It is amazing how many guys don't have access to just a simple hoop right now. It's not just you. Giannis Antetokounmpo revealed recently he doesn't have a hoop, so he hasn't been shooting. You actually had some comments about Giannis on an Instagram Live recently. You said you thought James Harden should have won MVP last year. Of course, Giannis is the one who won it. James Harden should have won MVP last year. Yeah, they, they've been robbing him for five straight years now. I ain't going to say five, but he, he definitely should have won back-to-back MVPs. Person you were having the conversation with started going back and forth about whether James Harden was robbed. Make your case for me. Why do you think James Harden should have won MVP? I don't know if I said he got robbed. I just said I thought that. Um, I mean, they, they you you splitting hairs last year when you choosing between those two. But um, you know, I it's not. I don't think you had a wrong case, but I think you know, for me, James Harden when he scored thirty, like. 42 games in a row or something like that. Um, and, you know, Chris Paul was hurt a, a lot and they were dealing with a lot of injuries. And I don't remember exactly what seat they were, but it's just what he was doing um, was pretty remarkable. You're standing for the shooter. I get that. <laughs> Jason, you recently announced your involvement in a campaign to help provide meals for some of the hardest hit communities in Boston and also in your hometown of St. Louis. Why is this what feels so important to you right now? Yeah, um, helping out in, in, in using my platform and my foundation uh, is is important, especially for times like these. Um, you know, I partnered, my foundation partnered with Lineage and Feeding America to donate 250000 to Boston. And then um, Brad Bill jumped on to, to help donate because we're both from St. Louis. So, yeah, we just announced that two days ago. And, um, you know, I think that was big. Yeah, absolutely. Every meal counts right now. Every way everyone can help. It's really so admirable. So I've asked you some basketball questions, but Jason, you know, you've been on the show before. We like to play a little game called What Were You Thinking? Jason Tatum. So first of all, Jason, what were you thinking when you broke Paul George's ankles? <laughs> uh, it was Brad drew up a play and I remember we were down three. So, um, you know, I remember I just came off the screen and, and, and they switched. And, uh, I mean, I, I think I stepped on his foot a little bit. So um, oh. I got tangled up and, uh, he fell and I knocked down the shot. So I didn't, I ain't gonna say I, I broke his ankle because I, I kind of stepped on his foot. Look, you got to make the shot at the end. That, that's really the key to all of it. Whether you step on him a little bit or not, if you don't make the shot, it all goes away. Yeah. If you don't I make it, know- nobody cares. Yeah, absolutely. I want to know what you were thinking when you dunked on LeBron in Game 7 of the Conference Finals in 2018. That was such a big moment. 
Yeah, uh, it was a low-scoring game. It was a point where we it was a couple possessions, but we hadn't didn't get a good shot off. And I remember Brad called a timeout. And we drew up a play, and he he just wanted us to attack the basket. I think we might have been settling too much for jump shots. And um, you know, I came off a pin down for and Al said it, and I remember I just I curled to the basket, and I and I remember I, I saw saw him coming. And I was like, it's, it's game seven. I can't lay it up. So I, I was just trying to trying to get fouled, you know, attack the rim strong. And and it, it happened like that. And I dumped it. And I remember I, I, I bumped him and I yelled. And uh, I'm I'm a pretty laid back guy. Like I don't really yell or talk when I play anything. But my emotion just took over me at that at that point. Uh, it was a huge moment as a rookie dunking on LeBron in game seven. We get it. Of course, he came back and had the last word there, but. You have played so well in the ensuing years. And this year, LeBron said you were, quote, an absolute problem. I want to know what you were thinking when you heard that. Because remember, Shaquille O'Neal nicknamed Paul Pierce. He said he is the blank, blank truth. Mm. LeBron says you are an absolute problem. Are you good with the nickname, The Problem? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's I, I take that nickname. Uh, I remember he... He posted it. Um, it was like right after we played him. Uh, we were in LA, and I remember I, I was back home. I was back in my hotel room, and I was taking a nap because it was an early game. And I remember my best friend from back home. He called me. He like, bro, like, go on your Instagram. Like LeBron just, LeBron just gave you. He just shouted you out. And I remember I seen it. And I'm a competitor, but I, I realized at the end of the day, like you know, that's one of the greatest players ever, and somebody I looked up to growing up. So. You know, I still understand, like, that's a big deal. Absolutely. It's huge. Well, Jason, the problem, Tatum, we really appreciate you being on the jump with us. Uh, good luck with the cardio, and maybe when it warms up a little bit, we'll talk to some people over in the Celtics organization. Maybe we'll Amazon you a hoop or something. We can get that going. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks. Coming up last night was the first round of the Horse Challenge on ESPN. The man they call Mr. Big Shot did not disappoint in his matchup against Trey Young. We'll discuss next on The Jump. GEICO has the insurance industry-leading app that lets you manage your policy anytime, anywhere. Which means that GEICO is always there for you. If only everyone was always there for you. Like animal control, when you're cornered in your garage by an angry possum. Hi, me again. Uh, you guys said you would be here about an hour ago, and um, I think the possum is starting to get angry. I, uh, listen, I thought if I fed it, it would go away. But now it is ripping holes in the drywall and making some sort of nest. Just call me back. <laughs> GEICO, always there for you with savings and the industry-leading mobile app. Coming up next on ESPN, a special 60-minute breakdown of this year's QB draft class. Then Sports Center's back at 5 o'clock with the PTI guys joining at 5.30, so all that's ahead. Right now, though, let's take a sneak peek at ESPN Films' latest and greatest masterpiece, The Last Dance. Phil always looked for a theme for every season, and given that it was the last year we were going to be together, management had already made that decision. In typical Phil fashion, you know, he had a, uh, a name for it. We'd arrive at the practice facility. It's our first official meeting as a team. Get the team handbook. Laminate on the front page. Last dance. I talked to the players about particularly how important it was for us to really be together in this last run that we were going to have. So I called it the last dance. 
cannot wait for that documentary. All right, it's crunch time here on The Jump. The first round of the Horse Challenge on ESPN took place on Sunday. Chauncey Billups, Mike Conley, Zach Levine, and Allie Quigley all advanced. You can see the semifinals and championship matchups on Thursday at 9 o'clock Eastern. So, Richard, of those left standing, who is your favorite heading into the semis? Oh, I'm going to go with Quigley. That, to me, is probably going to be a tough out for... Wait, who is she going against? Is she against Zach Levine? I don't know. We'll have to get oh, our producer, Danny, oh, to chime no, in in my done. ear here. She, she's going to win. That's it. Uh, that's my pick. I'm not even talking about who's going to make it in the finals. She's going to win the whole thing. Well, I'm interested in Zach Levine potentially being a slam dunk champion, a three-point champion, and a horse champion. Uh, how can I go against Mr. Big Shot? And he's got it rolling. And he doesn't have to play defense anymore on these guys. He can just shoot. So watch out for Chauncey. I will say that Allie Quigley-Chris Paul matchup was awesome in the first round, so I'm going to give her some of my betting money as well. All right, on this date four years ago, the Warriors won their 73rd game of the 2016 regular season, which is, of course, an NBA record. They finished with only nine losses, but hey, spoiler alert for those of you who haven't been paying any attention to the NBA for five years, they lost to Richard's Cavaliers in the most epic seven-game final series ever. So this leads us to a new segment on the jump called What If? Richard Jefferson, how would the course of basketball history have changed if the Warriors, not your Cavs, would have won those finals? Ooh, there's so much. I think there's the Kevin Durant decision. Uh, uh, obviously, you know, Harrison Barnes, and you look at how that impacted. And then, you know, you don't know. I, I know we're going we're gonna to stick on this. Uh, ultimately, I, I think that conversation between who would have been the best team of all time between the Jordan Bulls and that Warriors team, that would have been an amazing conversation. And it would have been a conversation that Steve Kerr would have loved to have because he would have been uh, the, the uh, player on, on the Jordan team and then the coach of the Warriors team. So the only person that wins in that is Steve Kerr. <laughs> How far down the rabbit hole do you guys want to go here? Because if Durant doesn't go to Golden State, which he wouldn't have, uh, we also wouldn't have had the Richard Jefferson dramatic retirement and unretirement, I think. Yeah. Um, but a lot of people think that Durant's second choice was not Oklahoma City, that it was Boston. And think about how crazy that could have been if he went to Boston. And remember, Boston still had that number one overall pick coming that was Brooklyn, and they probably don't make the trade with Philly in that case. And then for the Cavs, maybe Kyrie Irving asked for a trade a year earlier, and he gets traded, and the Cavs retrofit to try to win a title in the third year with LeBron. We could go on and on for an hour on this. It's one of the most pivotal points in recent NBA history for a dozen different reasons. I think it's fascinating, right? Because Russell Westbrook might not win MVP the following year. Kevin Durant, as you said, could have stayed in Oklahoma City, could have gone to Boston. If Kyrie had asked for that trade a year earlier, he wouldn't have gone to Boston, especially if they had had Kevin Durant. And I don't know, Brian, do you think, or Richard, do you think LeBron James would have left Cleveland for L.A. if he hadn't delivered a championship back to Cleveland already? Ah, ooh, that's a tough one. I, I think for him, it was so, so important to win a championship in Cleveland. Uh, I, he could still possibly be there. Uh, but, but I believe that again, you look at the injury, uh, in their first, in, in the first years with Kyrie and Kevin Love. I believe that ultimately, wherever the dominoes would have fallen, I think Cleveland would have won a championship over the course of those four years. I would tend to agree, but we'll never know. Yeah. We'll never Brian, know. How much is that finals when you say it's one of the most pivotal in NBA history? We're going to go back and play the what if game in a couple places. Is this the biggest what if in the time you've been covering the league? 
because the Durant transaction is the one of the biggest transactions in NBA history, and because it was the biggest upset in NBA history, and because it's one of the biggest victories for LeBron in NBA history, it's the nexus of so much. It's amazing. Yeah, All no, right. no, no, Thank I you guys very much. Agree. I want to say the Bulls have made it official. Denver's Taurus Kronishevus is now in charge of basketball operations. And no more Gar Pax, guys. John Paxson now going to be an advisor. Gar Foreman no longer with the organization. Thanks so much for watching. We'll be here every day. Come hang out.